Bitcoin. Good morning, Bitcoiners. It is August 6, 2017, and this is your Bitcoin market update. Okay, I have tons of links here for you today, guys. I am going back to giving you as much information as possible so you can go through, pick through this stuff and, you know, educate yourself. Over the last several weeks, the the conversation in Bitcoin has gotten very technical. And so it's been very hard like to actually post links to these things. You kind of have to talk them out uh, because uh, this was this this last month was a culmination of many many years in Bitcoin and Kind of, we kind of all these content producers out there that were giving their opinions were doing that um, based on their knowledge and experience over the last couple years, not based on any like news items of the day. But I'm getting back into that now that this drama is going behind us. We're breaking out to all time highs. You know, it's time to really focus on education and building this. Um, you know, building on our lessons that we've learned here. All right, but before I get into all those links, let's do a market update right now. Bitstamp is sitting at 31.87. We had a huge breakout here. Um, once we, we've had all this bad news over the last several days, over the last couple of weeks, we've had uh, Alpha Bay getting shut down. That's the darknet biggest darknet market in history that got shut shut down. Uh, BTCE, uh, kind of an anonymous exchange, the most anonymous exchange in the world for bitcoin they got shut down by the the federales or the government whatever and then we had this hard fork issue with bitcoin which turned out not to be a hard fork it was just launching of an altcoin but there's all this fud this fear uncertainty and doubt out there and uh, we made it through that at near all-time highs and so when somebody's looking at this chart knowing all this bad news has come about of course once that once that gets kind of settled Settle down for a couple days and nothing bad comes of it. We're going to break out. Segwit's getting closer. Segwit's three days away now from locking in on the blockchain or on the network. So um, lots of positive feelings. Negatives have turned into positives because we are anti-fragile. We don't like when things hit the uh, traditional markets, they make it weaker. They expose weaknesses. When trouble hits Bitcoin, it exposes strength and we get stronger from it. And over the last couple months here, Bitcoin has really shown its anti-fragility and it's bouncing back and getting stronger and stronger every day. Like I say all the time, Bitcoin is a better store of value today than yesterday. And it will always be that way, at least for the foreseeable future. Okay, so Bitstamp sitting about just under 3200 OKCoin okay, Quarterly sitting just under uh, 3300 so it's a hundred dollar premium and i've been watching that over this last couple months here and i've even been tweeting out things about this and uh, if you look at the chart right when right before the big breakout the discount the futures discount turned into a futures premium so the quarterlies kind of led this this rally in my opinion and I've been watching this closely. And uh, right now, a $100 premium is not bad at all. Because Segwit's coming in three days. I mean, after maybe next week, re-look at this. And, uh, it, I mean, this could go up to like a $300 premium like we saw uh, very recently. And But this, this is a good indicator to look at. Put it on your charts if you can. Overlay it. That's what I do. 
Local Bitcoin's volume over the last 24 hours is down. It's below average, $4.5 million transacted uh, on local Bitcoins. That's, I don't know if that is like a holdover from people uh, worrying about this free, quote-unquote, free money with the Bcash fork or not, but uh, I, I expect that, obviously, to pick up. I mean, also, um, I bet we, we can see in... Just before maybe some really big speculative times, this this volume drops down because people are holding their Bitcoin more. And maybe like before the ETF decision, I'd have to go back and look at this volume during that time. But I bet there was a pullback right before the ETF decision because if it would have shot up 25%, you know, people aren't going to sell their Bitcoins three days before some big uh, positive or possibly positive news item. So, um, there is that thing, but it, I'm, I'm somewhat a little bit concerned about this. I'm going to be watching the local Bitcoin's volume here. Network volume has holding steady, just under a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin transacted in the last 24 hours. And being from Saturday night to Sunday morning, weekends are usually lower. You know, this is very, very strong, very, very positive in my eyes. And the average transaction size is um, $4,102. Mempool is basically empty at one megabyte, so you can make free transactions almost on Bitcoin. It'll be confirmed almost immediately if you include, um, you know, a very nominal fee. The difficulty is estimated to go up by almost 7% in three days. And in Bitcoin, every, it's every two weeks. So the difficulty gets adjusted every two weeks to make sure, you know, if there's more hash rate, the blocks are found on average every 10 minutes. If the uh, hash rate goes down, and the blocks are found, like, say, every 20 minutes, then the difficulty will go down to compensate for that. Bitcoin. Okay, let's get into some Bitcoin links and stuff. Like I said, I have a lot of links here. So, yes, SegWit is locking in in approximately three days. And, and for noobs out there, you might be like, hey, I thought SegWit already locked in, right? Two weeks ago, I heard that SegWit locked in. Why is this locking in again in three days? Well, let me just briefly explain that. So SegWit is an upgrade to the network, but it was having a hard time uh, getting confirmed or, or uh, voted in. And that's due to the, it was a faulty activation mechanism that led to a lot of political infighting. Instead of saying, okay, it's just going to activate on this day, what the core developers did was they said, okay, well, the miners need to signal they're ready. But they never thought that, they didn't think through this adversarially. They didn't think that the miners were going to use this as a political thing and as a quote-unquote vote for SegWit, which they ended up doing. So uh, users had to get together and say, look, we're going to activate this. It's going to happen, and this is how we're using where This is how we're going to do it. And so that early activation is what locked in, and now the true SegWit activation on the network is going to happen in about three days from now. So all the hurdles have been cleared. Uh, it's smooth sailing at this point. The biggest last hurdle was that was the hard fork, and we've gone through that now. No problems. Bcash is its own network struggling with it with its own problems, and Bitcoin doesn't really have to think about it at all. The only thing that we are kind of talking about uh, over the last few days of this Bcash thing is the name. The naming of Bitcoin Cash. A lot of people saying this is a bad thing that um, they they try they're trying to take the name Bitcoin, and it's very confusing. If I'm an exchange operator, and which they've all some of them have said this now, um, that you know I their new customers log in, they want to buy some Bitcoin, and they say, oh, Bitcoin is three thousand dollars, but 
Bitcoin Cash. Hey, look, there's a discount over here. I'm going to buy this one. This is Bitcoin too. So it's confusing to their customers. And I, I see that argument. So a lot of people are calling it Bcash because of that confusion. Well, Dan Darkpill, he's a guy I recommend following him. I linked to this uh, his Medium post that he came up with. And he's launching Bitcoin Cash. He's doing it right back to them. I mean, I don't think he's actually going to launch this, but it's interesting that he's he is calling a new fork of Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Cash, to give them a dose of their own medicine. And he says in here, I, I'm not going to read it verbatim, but he says something like, um, hey, if you are trying to buy Bitcoin Cash, don't yet because we have not launched. Bitcoin Cash launches in two weeks. Another thing about Bcash is they're just about ready to mine their hundredth block. And in Bitcoin, the way that these block rewards work is you don't actually get to spend your block reward until 100, it's 100 blocks deep. Because the way it was designed is, you know, just in case there was some hostile actions going on in the network and you got reorged, that means reorganized. Um, so let's say there's the very tip of the blockchain is uh, people find a different set of like the last three blocks and they replace the original three blocks or two blocks on the tip with three different blocks and that's a reorganization so you can lose like the very few last few blocks on the tip of the blockchain well uh, the way that they handle this the the defense against that is that they don't give these block rewards out until 100 they're not spendable until 100 blocks later and that's coming up now for bcash i think it's I haven't read anything that this has changed. So they haven't been able to spend their block rewards. Once this comes um, and these blocks are starting to be spendable, I expect a new round of dumping because these miners are going to have to get paid for what they've done. And they're already, like the price is crashing and they're already mining at a loss. It's like three times more expensive to mine Bcash than original Bitcoin. So there is this like, uh, the only, there's two reasons why people would be mining Bcash. One is ideological. The other is defensive because they had this uh, new algorithm put in that would increase the uh, a difficulty adjustment or decrease the difficulty adjustment time. And so every like six blocks or every 12 blocks or something, there would be readjusted down. That way it could become um, the difficulty would get way easier, way qu more quickly. Well, to stop that from happening, um, there could be miners that are attacking Bcash by mining a few blocks here and there, that way keeping the difficulty from readjusting down too quickly and keeping their blocks slow. <clears throat> but anyway, so the 100th block is coming up and these, these Bitcoins are going to be available to dump on the market here. So I expect a new round of selling to begin. Okay, what else we got? Vinny Lingham is back. Uh, if you guys have been listening to me for a while, you know I have a little beef with Vinny. I was on Adam Meister's show uh, back in February. I was just on it again this last Friday, which I link in the show notes, and I'll talk about here in a second. But I, I was on Adam Meister's show back, I think it was February, March, March 19th, maybe, something like that. And um, he came on midstream, and he's like, all my elite friends are dumping the price was about $1,000 when we started the show. We ended the show as like nine fifty or something. And he was saying, all my elite friends are dumping. This is really bad. I'm, we're all scared about a hard fork. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, what happens? The price bounces at eight fifty and comes right back up. And I knew that round of FUD from Vinnie Lingham made a lot of old holders sell. 
I have a friend that started Bitcoin just before me, and he that got him to sell part of his Bitcoin stash. Not all of it, obviously, but he he sold a few just to for some insurance, I guess. And then I I do know a really old holder that was you know was mining way back in the day, and um, uh, he started selling some of his coins. So like, it it funded out a lot of people, and it was irresponsible because he had no idea what he was talking about. It makes me suspicious of his motives. And then again, what we went back up, uh, we went to all-time highs, we were breaking out, and then we dropped down to 1850, and, and who comes out of the woodwork? Benny Lingham. Oh, let's talk about this hard fork. It's coming, it's coming. Oh my God, we're so scared. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I, I've talked to all these people. I know what I'm, what I'm saying. This hard fork is coming. It's going to be horrible, horrible, horrible for Bitcoin. Trying to FUD people out. What, it bounces 1850 and goes up again. I mean, he's become the contrary indicator for all lots of people out there. A lot of traders are starting to call him this. So very interesting. Now he's changed his tune and he said, oh, you know, I was trying to save Bitcoin from a bubble. I was trying to save Bitcoin. That's why I did this. I didn't want it to get into a bubble. I mean, not so many words, obviously, but um, now he's saying he's buying back in. And I, I tweeted, I saw this, somebody tweeted about this and uh, I responded saying, now, is this the swing high here because <laughs> he says he's buying back in and now it crashes that would be kind of funny but anyway so vinnie lingham is changing his tune just don't listen to any of his trade advice please <laughs> okay uh what else do we have um okay i was on uh adam meister's show again thank you for inviting me on adam i've actually been on there a couple times in the last couple weeks and he's been doing a great job. I mean, he he doesn't have like high production value, but he has high content value on that show. And uh, I really appreciate his his take on holding. I think that's very very important. And uh, basically, when you buy Bitcoin, you just hold it, hold it for several years. You'll be happy. Don't get fudded out by all this stuff because Bitcoin is going to eat the world. Just let it happen. I know it's very emotional. It's very uh, dramatic, but just hold. Don't worry about it. Anyway, I was on the show with a guy from South Africa, um, Lorian, Lorian, and he st he starts off by saying he's a Bitcoin maximalist, but then he starts talking about this hard fork and how this is a new dawn dawning of a new age for Bitcoin. We can hard fork all everything we want, yada yada yada. Let's let a thousand blockchains blossom. Of course, that's wrong. And he kind of hit my buttons. Towards the end of the show, I go off. I'm like, fucking build your own thing. Why do you got to mess with us? If you want something different, build it. The problem is that it's not possible. The best computer scientists in Bitcoin would build it if it were possible. They would be excited and build it, but they're not. Why? Because they, they understand what's going on here. Probably a little bit better than you do. So if, if you really want it, build it. And he said that Bitcoin, uh, Africa is ripe for Bitcoin. And I think Africa is ripe for sound money and cryptocurrency, but not Bitcoin. Maybe Bitcoin derivatives, like sidechains. But this goes to my thing, and I talk about it on the show, that I don't think, people, I don't think very many people are going to own a true Bitcoin. They're going to own derivatives, maybe sidechain, lightning networks uh, on sidechains or something like this. But it's not going to be real Bitcoin. There's, there's not enough of it to go around, but there is going to be universal demand for Bitcoin. Just like think about back in the days when they had gold coins in circulation, silver coins, when, um, a poor kid 
or a poor man got a gold coin. That was a huge deal. Maybe they only got one in their life. They only ever held a gold coin once. It's going to be like that for Bitcoin. Not very many people are going to have Bitcoin. And that's just the honest truth of the matter. Anyway, okay. Um, last thing I have about Bitcoin is Ryan X. Charles. He did a poll on Twitter. He's, you know, one of the lead guys for yours, the yours network. And he famously now is like in favor of what do you call, what does he call it? Extreme block size increases. And so he moved over to Litecoin for this idiotically. And then he did a poll on Twitter and he's like, should we use Litecoin or Bcash? <laughs> it was about a tie between those two. But this just shows how idiotic he is. Now, Bcash is, uh, it has two developers. I don't even think they're full time. And they've taken SegWit out with a hacks, uh, with a, they've taken SegWit out with an axe. And they've had malleability attacks on their network now. So, like, all sorts of problems. And this just shows the incompetence of, of Rynex Charles, I think. But I linked to that in the show notes. Okay, traditional markets, let's touch on those. Let me pull this up. Bitcoin. So gold is sitting at 1251. It's inverse the dollar. But I do think that gold could break out here. We'll see. I, I'm, I am bullish short term on gold. Long term, I am bearish though. DXY, I've been talking about a bounce for a while and it looks like we got it. Last week was the best week of the year for, for the dollar. And I think it could go up to 95, the 95 area, give or take. It's at 93. 49 right now we're sitting just inside of this like support zone if we don't if this bounce is weak expect a massive drop but if we do bounce to 95 i mean we could be we could be in this range between 92 and 95 for a while uh, several months but i think long term the trend is down for the dollar unless like the ecb does something to the euro like, if they start talking super dovish, talking down the euro, that's going to help the dollar, obviously. So be watching for that. Um, you know, they're all in collusion. All these central banks are protecting each other. So maybe they'll try to weaken the euro to make the DXY strengthen. Anyway, okay. Uh, what I have some traditional stories here, too, for you guys. Um, dead market walking. This is from Zero Hedge. And I thought this was really interesting because, like, it shows that it shows that the volatility of the stock market, specifically the S&P 500, is at historic lows. Historic lows. And it's been dropping since this QE came in for the last 10 years. Now, it, it's doing that because uh, it's disconnecting from the underlying ac economic activity. VIX, which is the measure of the volatility in the markets, is at record lows going down and down and down. And also the short interest in the VIX is at record highs. So people expect volatility to go even further down. Um, to me, this is a very good place to get in if you want to actually go long on volatility and buy the VIX. This would, I mean, a huge record low spike um, on short interest right now on VIX. Contrarian, you would go long here. But the SM, I mean, it just doesn't look healthy. Like this isn't this isn't reality, where stocks should be this stable. Uh, it just doesn't symbolize reality, especially when uh, volumes are at historic lows as well. So uh, it's it's just not looking good. This is one thing. Like my show is a little bit similar to Tone Bay's show, except he's very bullish on the S and P. He should have said he was bullish the Dow because it's much easier to pump the Dow. 
with only 30 stocks versus the S&P. And the S&P has been flatlined while the Dow has been rocketing to uh, the last month or so. It's just been rocketing up. But yeah, it's, it's unsustainable. Like I said on the last show, the Dow is 450%, probably 500% now uh, higher since the financial crisis. That's not sustainable. It's probably 20% above when Trump got elected. So that's that. What else do I have? I have several links here. We'll talk about the uh, drain the swamp. This is dailyreckoning.com. Talking about how Trump is unable to drain the swamp. No shit. He's the same as every other president. He's no better or worse. They're going to grow the government. They're going to go to war. That's what politicians do. That's what the government does. The government grows. The only time the government shrinks is when it's forced to by budgetary limitations or by like revolutionary activity or something like that. So, um, of course, Trump's not going to drain the swamp. Anybody who thought Trump was going to drain the swamp is an idiot. <laughs> All right. Um, last thing I have here is jobs number. One, one of the reasons why the, the DXY jumped and the Dow jumped last week is because we had a quote unquote good jobs report here in the U.S., um, it showed significant, quote-unquote, significant improvement. Of course, there's a dirty little secret here. Part-time jobs are counted the same as full-time jobs. Yes. So part-time jobs showed an increase of about 400,000. But full-time jobs actually saw a decline of 54,000. And you can see, like, if you lose your full-time job, good, well-paying full-time job, uh, you might have to make up for that by two or three part-time jobs. Because you got to pay for health care, you got to pay for all this other stuff. And so you might replace that one full-time job with three part-time jobs. It looks really good, but it's not. I mean, it's been ho- our, our economy here in the U.S. has been hollowed out. These blue-collar jobs, manufacturing jobs, they're all going away. They're getting devastated. Swaths of the country are getting devastated because the economy is dying. So even, I mean, this is all fake numbers. This is all doctored numbers. I mean, these are real, but... They're not like, um, you know, it depends on what you are counting, right? Like the CPI, it's, that is the CPI and what they count, that's not like faked, but they're counting the wrong damn thing is what I'm trying to say here. So anyway, all right, that's all I have to say. Thank you guys for listening. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Bitcoin and Markets, the POW Bitcoin update. If you'd like to support the show, do so on patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Have a great day. Peace. Thanks for listening.